Hello, thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. For today's episode, I have an interview with Shanthi Bala. She is a newer clinician with the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic program. She is the tax clinic director and supervising associate with Florida Rural Legal Services based out of Fort Myers, Florida, and covering several counties connected to that area. I thought she had some great insights on working remotely in this time of dealing with the coronavirus. And also she is a friend that I have been giving some guidance to as she is learning and growing in the LITC program. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. So what made you start this podcast, Bill? Frankly, I've been listening to podcasts for maybe, maybe three or four years now, and eventually I got the idea that you know what what about a tax podcast like i was i was finding some tax podcasts but they were focused on business taxes or they were run by tax research companies or that kind of thing so i wanted to really focus on low income taxpayer clinics and tax controversy work the the kind of things that we do especially for individual income tax and some of it, I, I thought like, hey, this, this would be a good way for me to share my knowledge and promote the, the LITC community. You know, that, that's what led me to, to start a, a podcast. That's, that's really fantastic. I, I agree. I've seen the podcast from like Tax Nodes and the business podcast with regards to tax matters. But this is the first one I found that, that really kind of talks to clinicians and, and addresses some of the issues are low-income taxpayers face, so it's, uh, it's a really great platform. I think you're doing a great service for the practitioners in the LITC world. Oh, certainly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start asking some questions. Some of this, I, I listened to an interview you did with James Creech for the American Bar Association. Um, so one, one question I'm going to repeat from him is, is what got you interested in taxes? That's, that's a really good question. So I took a Fed tax course in law school, and I did like a VITA weekend training. And I remember when I took the course, uh, there weren't many female students in the class. Uh, it was a full class. The professor was one of the best professors at uh, University of California, Davis, Team Hall School of Law. And, and so I was wanting to take this course and learn it with this professor. And when I started, we had a small clinic at the school, and I started doing some work with the clinic, you know, I started noticing some of the, the pro bono attorneys that were coming in and the attorneys that were in the field. I didn't see a lot of attorneys, diverse backgrounds. And so, you know, this was a this was an area that I was interested in content-wise. And, uh, you know, naturally I felt that this was an area I'd like to, to be able to excel in and do well in. And that really needed to see some diversity. I think, you know, as a, as a practitioner, when you, when you see a field where there are more people like you, it's welcoming. 
and you know on the opposite side when you see a field or practice area where there's uh, not a lot of people um, perhaps like you females or uh, people of diversity or whatnot then you know it may motivate you to try and, and, and build that in that practice area and it was certainly the latter for me. Well that's wonderful I you know, I certainly celebrate you you joining the clinician group, and you work in an area in Florida. But it sounds like you haven't lived in Florida your entire life. Can can you give a little bit of background there? Sure. Yeah, I I was actually born in Jaffna, Sri Lanka. So I was where I was from originally is the northern part of Sri Lanka, where there was a you know decades long civil war from the 1980s onwards. And so my, my family was one of the minority groups, the Hindu Tamils, and, and so we were forced to flee and, and seek asylum here in the United States. And, you know, when we moved here, I was quite young. We moved to Florida uh, to a small uh, farming town, actually. And I grew up here uh, in California, and uh, I was there for some time on the West Coast. And then uh, most recently, I, I moved back to my hometown couple of years ago and I've been here since um, and it's interesting because you know when you're when you're practicing law and, and you come back to your hometown uh, you're you're vested but in a different way and so you know our, our low-income taxpayer clinic here that we opened in 2019 is the first of its kind and so it's, it's fantastic for me to be have the opportunity to be a part of that because I grew up in this community and we didn't have this resource when I was growing up so opening the very first low-income taxpayer clinic in, in you growing up, you know, I had uh, former teachers and people that affected uh, all sorts of functions and, and so forth here locally. And, and, you know, being able to provide the service here locally means something different to me than if I was to provide the service elsewhere because this community is, is close to my heart. Very nice. Your area that you work with, what... What area do you cover in Florida? So we, at Florida Rural Legal Services, cover 13 service counties. That includes South and Central Florida. So currently, we cover Hardy County, Highlands, Pope, Charlotte, DeSoto, Glades, Henry, Lee County, which is where our the Rural Legal Services LITC is located, Martin County, Okeechobee, Indian River, St. Lucie, Palm Beach, as well as parts of the Mock. Okay, and... It's my understanding that, that you have certain demographic that, that you work with. Some of them, I, I believe, are agricultural workers and older adults. Uh, can you tell me about working with some of those communities? Uh, farm worker, agricultural workers here in Florida. And so, you know, that's a, that's a large population that we serve, and we've served over the last six decades through our migrant unit. And a second very large population that we serve as an uh, organization and with our LAPC is our older adults. So we have a very large population of senior citizens who are here seasonally as well as year-round. And so between the two very large demographics, we stay pretty busy year-round. So what's it been like having a new clinic and being a new clinician, just really getting into this field? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think as a new clinician, I especially found very, very helpful other low-income taxpayer clinics, both in Florida as well as nationally. I, I don't think I could have built our clinic to be able to accommodate the large number of 
clients we've served in our first year and we're continuing to serve without the resources that the LITC community shared with me. You know, the fellow clinicians, tax practitioners were so forthcoming with resources and templates and, you know, sample documents and sample briefs and just really giving a lot of coaching and guidance to me as to, you know, how to build a clinic, uh, how to do effective outreach, how to do, you know, uh, a solid educational and, and continuing legal education trainings and presentations, how to recruit pro bono attorney assistance and build a pro bono panel from very, very prominent and well-recognized clinicians and tax practitioners to newcomers like myself, they were all very willing to assist me anytime I sent an email or I made a call. They were always very, very willing and eager to assist so that we can really be able to help uh, the low-income taxpayer uh, without getting caught up and, and uh, delayed in you know the bureaucracy and, and setting up the clinic. And so that, that was a phenomenal step in, in, as part of my experience setting up the clinic. I, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed to be a part of this community. Um, as well, the American Bar Association tax section played an integral role with that. Uh, you know, I, I fortunately was able to get some of the scholarships to be able to attend the meetings throughout the year. And that was a great experience because not only was I, you know, privy to some of the substantive content that was presented at the various meetings, but also I was able to network with a lot of the panelists and presenters and practitioners that in turn then really were able to, you know, walk me through some of the logistics of setting up the clinic or by any means we could have achieved the level of success that we did this first year without, without their assistance. I was going to ask you about the American Bar Association. I've, I've gotten to see you at a couple of the conferences, so... Uh, I, I think it's a wonderful resource, and I mean, I, I think I always find the networking to be valuable, and and definitely going to the different panel presentations that that I always learn new things when going to the conferences. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are wonderful opportunities to be able to really build your knowledge base by attending. You know, the vast majority of, of the, the presentations are just phenomenal. The pedigree of the speakers and, and the cutting-edge information that's presented. And so, you know, the, the sharing of ideas and issues that, that practitioners are seeing in their daily practice, I think that helps tremendously. I think the quality of the content that's covered is phenomenal. I personally have taken information that I've learned at the various bar meetings back to my local bar association and either written articles about some of that content that I found interesting or done presentations myself or trainings within uh, Florida Rural Legal Services or practitioners um, in-house that assist with LITC matters. So it's been so, so helpful. And you were a, a presenter at the last LITC conference, is that correct? Yes, I was. I had the opportunity to present on the plenary session for the Earned Income Tax Credit thanks to Susan Morgan Stern, who invited me to sit on the panel with her. So that was a really phenomenal experience. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think if for someone who has a lot of passion in this field, getting opportunities like that really help hone your own skills and your own ability to be able to convey this information effectively to fellow practitioners, as well as to, to taxpayers. I mean, we, you know, in light of COVID-19 and, and all of the tax relief that's been rolled out in the last couple of weeks, 
with the CARES Act as well as the People First Initiative, our tax clinic helped put on two webinars locally here in Southwest Florida. And that has really assisted a lot of our local community partners as well as taxpayers. Our local TV station actually picked up on it and and has helped uh, disseminate some of the information that we have been providing. But we received over, you know, five dozen questions now from the public about stimulus payments and and what's going to happen and about tax controversy matters and the relief that's related to some of the collection matters. And and so really uh, provide answers to our local communities where where taxpayers and community partners are really worried about what's going to happen right now in light of the current circumstances. Well, it sounds like you've had some some great opportunities to work within your community during these times of, of the coronavirus. You had mentioned that some different things with working remotely that, that you found out for your clinic. Um, what, what exactly did you want to share about that? Yeah, I mean, that's been a huge shift. Florida Rural Legal Services is one of the larger legal aid organizations here in Florida. You know, we have over 70 staff members, including 30 plus attorneys and, and 10 plus volunteers who are spread out across South and Central Florida. So the transition of our operations to support remote work capability was certainly not an easy feat. We kept in mind our mission to continue to empower low-income individuals uh, by providing them with access to justice uh, through you know, our normal means, including legal advice and representation as well as advocacy. So in order to do that now um, through telecommuting, you know, there was a, a need to do a large shift. Yeah, one of the first things that we that we did was our, our management made sure to conduct program-wide meetings concerning ethics compliance and rules of professional responsibility and confidentiality in, in telecommuting and really making sure that staff understand expectations as far as client management, case management while we are working remotely. In order to do this, though, our management and our IT team, you know, who an IT team, we don't have a lot of IT professionals, we actually only have two, really had to make sure that they built the infrastructure for us to be able to achieve telecommuting work. A lot of that infrastructure includes using applications like Jabber, um, we use Cisco Jabber predominantly to be able to forward our calls uh, from our office extension, and you know we have that app both on our laptops and our phones. It provides that remote access and also instant messaging and voice and video calls, which has been really helpful for us. And, uh, you know, it's a great way for our clients to still be able to reach out to us with the numbers they previously had for us. In addition to that, we also use Microsoft Teams and Zoom GoToMeeting. We've had the pleasure of being able to provide two webinars on the tax relief provided by the CARES app and the People First Initiative. And uh, the first one, we had a little over 200 uh, attendees, and the last one we had close to 40 attendees, and so GoToMeeting really allowed us to have that large number of attendees. Where uh, you know Zoom, like we're using now, uh, was uh, accommodating to that smaller group, and really allows us to have a lot of our office meetings. Uh, a lot of us live in remote areas. A lot of our service areas are are in more rural places, and so it was really important for us to also have hotspots. And so our IT team made sure that they worked with our staff to make sure that we have consistent and, and stable as possible Wi-Fi for us to be able to do our, our work. And so that was really important, I, is, is just having the infrastructure and the technology and the equipment 
our LITC is still a fledgling organization. We rely on the support of a lot of our volunteer students who are interns in our office. So being able to equip them with the necessary tools um, was, was integral to our continued service. And so that was definitely kept in mind as we rolled out this new method of, of being able to work. And that was really important. Well, very good. Main other question I was going to ask is that you've said that you are working with law students quite a bit right now. What is some general guidance you give to them regarding if they are going to go into the the tax field or want to have a career in tax someday? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, particularly because we get a lot of students who volunteer with us and express they initially did not have interest in going into tax, but once they were able to work with our clients and really be able to see the plight of our clients and assist them with attaining some sort of resolution and, and really getting positive feedback from our clients as to how that really you know, impacted their lives on a much larger scale has persuaded a lot of the people that have come to our board to focus their future careers on doing tax controversy work. You know, we've, we've had students who have expressed interest in a fellowship application, one who's with us now, who's getting ready to graduate. So the best advice I can give law school students is really, you know, to to expand their knowledge base beyond just what they're learning in the classroom and to really get into clinics and practicum work so that they can see what it's like to be an attorney in that practice area and to, to get their feet wet and really be able to work with clients because I think that gives you a That sounds very good. So I want to thank you for joining me today, Shanthi, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I urge you to stay safe in Florida, and I wish you continued success. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.